Welcome to Passion Life Church. Good morning. We're so glad that you're joining us this morning. Happy Sunday to you. Welcome to Passion Life Church. And today's going to be an incredible day. I just want to encourage you that uh, we got a word for you today. God has a word for you today. Man, I hope you have your smartphone. If that's how you take notes, maybe uh, take some or tablet or pencil, pen, grab something to take some notes because I believe God's really going to speak to us today. We're in a series called My Faith, My Future, but before we dive into that, I want to let you know and give you kind of an update of what's happening here at Passion Life Church. Um, We are, during the week, we're reaching people helping people. And uh, I'd like for us to even prepare right now uh, for our giving of our tithes and our offerings. And I want to share a little bit around what's happening with your generosity that um, we have a ministry we call the Passion Project, and that is our outreach ministry. And this week, we are partnering with Lucille's Barbecue, and we have an opportunity to actually feed some medical staff at a hospital um, this week. And we have the opportunity to actually feed a whole shift, whether it be the night shift or the uh, day shift. And we're going to come in as Passion Life Church, partner with Lucille's, and we're going to just feed them, thank them for all that they're doing during this time. And so I'm so excited about that. And your generosity, your generosity, generosity is helping us make a difference during the week. And so I just really want to thank you for that. And as we prepare to give, I want you to think about, you know, how your generosity is touching people in our community, not just in our church, but through our church. We're actually also feeding families. This week, we were able to feed a family, you know, unfortunately, there's people who have lost their jobs and uh, they're not able to even feed their family. And so what you are doing financially is really helping. I also want to let you know that we are preparing to reopen. We don't have an exact date, but what we are doing is we are upping our online game. We are now preparing that as we reopen back when Passion Life Church opens, we need to be online, full service. I'm talking about worship. Man, I'm so excited about having live worship again. And so we are going to be online. We are actually preparing our finances and your generosity is helping us to prepare. We're buying cameras. We're going to buy computers because we've got to be online. And so I want you to think about that. Also, I want you to think about maybe helping us in this area. Uh, We need dream team members. We need people who uh, are interested in maybe helping us with our live streaming. And uh, we actually, uh, we have a slide up there right now that if you're interested, maybe you could uh, help Help us in this era. You can simply text live stream to 951-382-5757. And that's just the word live stream to 951-382-5757. We're going to build this team. And uh, you say, maybe, Pastor Phil, I don't really don't know anything about electronics, but you know, hey, I'm available. Hey, God will use somebody who's available. We'll we'll do training with you. It's going to be incredible. Our city and people outside of California, our state, are actually logging on and watching. And so it's an incredible opportunity to reach people. And so today I just want to read you this scripture because we've been in Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah 29, 
29.7. The popular scripture is Jeremiah 29.11, but God's people were in Babylon. They were in exile. And before we put up our giving options, I want you to just look at this scripture. Jeremiah was telling God's people who were actually in captivity, he says, seek the peace and the prosperity of that city. And he says, to which I have carried you into exile, pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you will prosper too. So I'm supposed to seek the prosperity of my city. I'm supposed to be praying for my city. Why? Because if it prospers, I will prosper too. And so today as we're giving, today we're going to seek the prosperity of our city and bless our city. And so I want to thank you for your giving. We have some giving options. They're going to put it on the screen as I pray today. You can give, you know, just via your, your smartphone. You can just text PLC Marietta to 77977. We have an incredible app that uh, you can download. Send us prayer requests through that. Hear our messages and give. But uh, as you're looking at those, let's just pray. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your grace that's working in our lives. Father, I thank you that as you give to us, as you bless us, we can be a blessing to others, Lord God. And through our generosity, may it touch people's hearts, people's lives for the kingdom of God, because our giving is going to expand the kingdom of God, because people need you. Father, I lift up every person today. Father, those that are giving, Lord, I thank you for the jobs that they have, that they are secure. I thank you, Father, that you bless them and you continue. Lord, I pray for those who are looking for work and employment. Lord, I pray you open doors, Father, that no man can shut, that your favor is upon people today. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and just look at those giving options there for just another moment. And uh, again, so excited to be able to be in our community and help make a difference in our community. You know, depending on our giving this week and next week, we may be able to actually even feed two different hospitals we're looking at. Uh, um, Loma Linda Hospital there near the Menifee Marietta area and then Rancho Springs Hospital that is in Marietta and, and feeding the whole shift uh, and partnering with, with uh, Lucille's Barbecue. And so we thank them for their help and their partnership on this. And I just want to encourage us together we can do more. You know, together our giving, we can do more to reach our city. Well, I'm excited that you're watching this morning. I want to continue this series that we've been talking about how our faith and future go together because we're actually starting to look beyond today. We're starting to look into the future because God does have a future. This season is not going to last forever. It's beginning to open up, but I've entitled today, Your Purpose is Planned. And what I want to do today is I want to look at how God thinks. I kind of want to dissect sect God's thoughts. And I want to look into the life of Jeremiah this week and next week because Jeremiah was the one under the unction of the Holy Spirit that wrote that famous uh, verse, Jeremiah 29, 11, that we're going to read in just a moment. But I want to give us some context because I know last week was Mother's Day and my mom preached. Kathy Duncan, hi mom, did a phenomenal job. And uh, thanks for ministering to all the ladies that I just want to recap a little bit of the context of where we're at, the history. God's children were in Babylon. They were captive. 
And it was because of their own decisions they chose to turn away from God. So they were in a place that they didn't want to be, that they weren't really supposed to be, and they were worshiping other gods. But listen, although they had um, gotten themselves into this place, God wanted them out. God wanted them to come out. And so some of us right now, we may be in a setback, just like the children, God's children were. They were in a, in a setback, but God was thinking thoughts about their comeback. And that's the context of Jeremiah 29, 11. God was choosing Jeremiah in these moments to speak to God's people. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts. One translation says the plans. I know the thoughts, the plans that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future. Come on, say it. Say, I have a future. Thoughts to give you a future and of hope. So let's break this down a little bit because God is a God who shares his thoughts. He shares his plan and he does have one, right? COVID-19 is not a surprise to God, right? And even though his people were in exile, God was reminding them, I'm thinking thoughts towards you. My thoughts are about you. And I think it's so easy in this time to really think, you know what? Does God even remember me? Is God thinking about me? Absolutely, He is. God is thinking about you. His thoughts are coming towards you, right? And so He wanted His children to know, here are my thoughts towards you. I want to remind you, God has not forgotten about you and His thoughts for you. There is a plan. It's not over, right? And His thoughts are about peace. And listen, his thoughts are about future, and he wants that to inspire hope. So let's dissect God's thoughts because your purpose was planned. And I want you to think about, and I want us to understand how God thinks because I need to think this way. Let's dissect God's thoughts here for a minute. Here's what you need to know about your purpose and how God thinks. Number one, God always begins with the end in mind. I want to say that again. God always thinks with the end in mind. He's speaking to Jeremiah. Now, you got to understand, Jeremiah is a young man. God shows Jeremiah in these moments for these people. And look what he tells Jeremiah. And I believe that we can make this personal. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. Jeremiah is speaking to the Holy Spirit. He's telling us of his experience of what God is saying to him. He says, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. That word there is actually distinguished in the Hebrew. I distinguished you. Come on, let that resonate in your heart, that God has distinguished you, that he knew you. And then he says, before you were born, I sanctified you. That's the Hebrew word, I set you apart, Jeremiah. Man, take this personal. Just say, Phil, say to yourself, you are set apart. You are distinguished. And then he says, I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Now, here's what blows my mind, is that God was thinking about you before there even was a you. <laughs> because in the mind of God, that's where you existed before you came to earth. You existed in the mind of God. Watch this. This, this is huge. Even before your parents were flirting with each other, come on somebody, right? They were flirting with each other. You existed in the mind of God. 
I think it's so funny how times have changed because back in my high school days before I was married, flirting was a little bit different. We couldn't just send text messages. We couldn't just message somebody on Facebook. We actually did physical notes on paper. And let's see if anybody remembers this. It was kind of like origami. Some girls were really creative and they would get that paper and they would fold it and make it look certain way. I remember we used to do the triangle. Anybody remember the triangle where you'd write a note and you'd fold that Thing up and then tuck the triangle thing in there and then hand that. <laughs> I remember getting some of those and I'm going, I cannot fold these pieces of paper. But we didn't have text back then. We, you know, we would have to pass notes. But I was thinking about even before your parents were flirting, passing notes back to each other, you existed in the mind of God. And I think this is important. Why? Because your purpose is bigger than who your parents were. Your purpose is bigger than where you grew up because I want this to resonate in our spirits today that God has actually formed you for the future that he has for you. I want to say that again. God has actually formed us for this future. Your purpose was planned. Your very existence was God's idea. Whew, man, I think that's so powerful, right? Beyond our parents, beyond where we grew up. But here's what I know about God, all right? So because God always begins with the end in mind, Here's why I can be excited about future, my faith, my future. How can I be excited about the future? Because since God gave you a beginning, he's already has your end planned out. The very fact that you are existing and God gave you a beginning means that he has an end because he always begins with the end in mind. Listen, let, let this encourage you this morning. God never starts something without having an end in mind. I think about my life so much. I start a lot of things that I never finish, but God is a finisher, right? Revelations chapter 22, verse 13, Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. So watch this. He says, I am. I am is present tense. In other words, I was and I am in your beginning, right? I'm the one that gave you your beginning. But watch this. But I am also the end, the Omega, right? So I'm already in your end. But here's what's crazy. He is the Alpha and the Omega at the same time. Woo! He's at our beginning and he's already in the end. Can I just shout for just a moment? Here is why we can have a future and a hope. We can have an expected end about the future. Here's why. God's already there. God's already in our future. He is our Omega. Woo! Why don't you just take a five-minute praise break and give the Lord a good round of applause that he's already in your future. He's already working things out. Come on, he's already making the crooked way straight. Woo, come on. He's opening doors that no man can shut because you, your purpose is planned and he is the alpha and the omega. And so God knows the future. You know why? Because he's already there right now. Right now, it's so powerful. So God's already got tomorrow covered. This is why we're not supposed to worry about tomorrow. 
Yeah, we plan for tomorrow, right? We're not guaranteed tomorrow, but we plan for tomorrow. But I want to tell you, God's already in tomorrow. And here's what we know. When we wake up tomorrow, His mercies will be new. Every morning when we get up, God is already there. So don't rob today of tomorrow, right, by stressing and worrying. No, you know what? God is our Alpha and Omega. He always begins with the end in mind. So He comes back to us in our present and says, there's hope. Be expectant. Be a prisoner of a positive expectation. I have tomorrow covered, right? We're dissecting God's thoughts. His thoughts are coming towards you. He always begins with the end in mind. He has a purpose and he has an end that is planned out for you. Here's number two. Are you learning something today? God thinks on purpose and for a purpose. God thinks on purpose and for a purpose. God thinks deliberately and intentionally. You know, this week, I was in a little bit of a funk this week, you know. Um, if you were to look at my life, you know, um, everything looks good. I mean, surface, everything looks good. I, uh, God has been blessing us, and, and uh, I'm just so thankful for that. But this week, you know, the enemy just comes in sometimes, and he tries to bring fear, and he just tries to make you uncertain about the future. But I want to tell you what's really been getting in my spirit, and I hope that this will be contagious, right? Because fear is contagious but so is faith. I want to remind us today that God planned for us to be here in this very moment. This is not an accident that Phil Valdez is standing here today in this moment in the midst of a pandemic. God actually planned for me to be here. Listen, God has called each and every one of us into the kingdom for such a time as this. Now, here's the thing. This week, right, when I was looking at my life, I started to head over to the victim side. You know, if you ever watch a superhero movie, my son and I were watching the Justice League the other day, and I was thinking about, you know, who do you identify in the story? My son is a huge Batman fan. I used to be a Superman fan. I used to love Superman, but now I just like, I really love Batman. I've been into Batman. But you know, sometimes when you watch a movie, you can identify with certain characters. And I don't want us to identify with the victim in the stories. Listen, we are not a victim. God has called us to be the hero in this story. And I just was thinking about this week that I refuse to be a victim of fear, a victim of this virus, that actually God has called me to be the hero in this story, and he's called me to be into the kingdom for such a time as this. So are you. You know, and excuse me if I'm getting a little passionate, but I've been reading in Hebrews chapter 11 when I was thinking about our forefathers, man. They weren't wimps. They were, they were courageous heroes. The Bible says through faith that they subdued kingdoms. They shut the mouth of lions. I was like, whoo, man, that's, that's what I need to get in me. That the very thing, think about this, man. To me, this blows my mind. That God was not surprised that there would be a pandemic. God was not surprised that there would be a virus, but that's why he put you and me here to be the salt and the light to this earth. And I can just sit here and I can identify with the victim mentality, or I can be a victor and say, you know what? God has called me to make a difference. That's why he put 
me here. That's what he was telling Jeremiah. Psalms chapter 139 verse 16, God talks about, again, his thoughts are on purpose, for purpose. It says, your eyes saw my unformed body. Again, this was before you were born. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before I even came to be. You know, I want to encourage you not just to count your days, but to make your days count. You know, I'm so excited about this week. I'm so excited about being able to take food to this medical staff and, 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 and encourage them. That's why God's called us here, to be the remnant, right? To be that salt, to be that life. And God says through Jeremiah, listen, Jeremiah, you're the man for this time. And it was a tough job for Jeremiah because I tell you, he was speaking God's word to stubborn people. God's people were stubborn. I don't know how many of you have kids and sometimes they can be stubborn and you know what that is like. But you know what? God was calling Jeremiah to be the man for that moment. And can I just tell you, I really believe we were made for this moment. You got to start thinking that way. You got to start letting faith arise and say, we were made for this. We were made to be the cure in this. I'm going to be part of the cure, right? And so God's plan is always based on his purpose for your life, right? And so he created you and God's plan is to get you to accomplish his purpose, right? Let me say that again. God's plan for your life is based on the purpose that that he created you for. Now, listen, God's plan, I wanna encourage you, are always bigger than yours. They're always bigger. As a matter of fact, the Bible says he can do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask, think, or imagine. I, I, I couldn't even think of this, of everything that God is doing in my life. His plans are always bigger. His plans are always better. And I'm going to tell you why. Because his plans aren't just about you. His plans always involved a, involved a redemptive aspect to your life. We could be here at this moment just because God wants us to reach people who right now lack hope and are full of fear. It's a great opportunity for the gospel. But here's what I want to encourage you today. Don't lose sight of purpose. Don't lose sight of vision. Don't lose sight of your calling. Can I just tell you, when we start losing sight of purpose, here's what happens. Let me give you a couple things. When you start losing sight of your purpose, here's what happens. You actually, number one, you start going through the motions in life. You just start going through the motions, and it's never good. Man, I never want to be going through the motions in my marriage. Man, that, that's to me, that's not what real love is about. I don't want to be going through the motions in worship, you know? But I think what happens is when we lose sight of purpose, we just start going through the motions. Or here's another thing, number two, that when we start losing sight of purpose, we just start to exist instead of really living life. Life is to be lived, right? And living to pay bills, my church family, is not life, what life is supposed to be. That's not life at all, right? Here's another thing, number three, life feels empty when you start losing sight of purpose, right? There's no meaning. And some of you may be there right now. You start to look at your life and, and you just go, well, you know, wow, I feel like I am just going through the motion. But let me just tell you what purpose does provide. Here's number one, purpose provides motivation in your life, right? What's the reason 
for you getting up in the morning. You know, yeah, this week I, I was a little funky. I'm going to be honest with you, but I want to tell you what gets me up in the morning, knowing that I have to encourage somebody else, knowing that there are people that are depending on me. There's a community out there that needs to be reached, right? It provides motivation. Here's another thing that purpose provides. And I think a few people really know this. Purpose provides passion, passion, passion comes from purpose. Passion comes from making a choice to fulfill your purpose. Can I just tell you, a person that has no passion in their life is a person who's lost sight of their purpose. Hmm. Oh, I want to be passionate. But you know what? You got to know your purpose. And what purpose provides, actually, number three, is a focus, a focal point for your life, a vision. You know, when you have purpose and you have focus, everything outside of that focus, you're going to have to say no to. And sometimes you got to say no to the good things so you can be focused on the great things. Sometimes you got to say no to good to say yes to great. And here's another thing that purpose provides. It, pur it provides meaning. Purpose makes the small details in life matter. You know, Proverbs 29.18 tells us without a vision, people perish. In other words, they cast out restraint, right? And so with vision, watch this, with purpose, my energy actually starts to become focused. It becomes focused. See, some of us don't need more strength. Some of us need to just focus the strength we have. Ooh, come on. I know it's tough. I know you're home. I know kids are going cray cray. I, I, I understand, but you know what? We've got to bring focus back. We've got to bring purpose back. See, here's what I've realized. There's three things you can do with your life. Number one, you can waste your life on things that don't matter, that things that, are, that aren't eternal. I, I want to be driven by eternity. Here's a, 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 driven by eternity. Here's number two, you can spend your life on things that don't really matter, right? First, you can waste your life on nothing. Just let it pass by. Number two, you can spend your life on things that don't really matter. Or number three, you can invest your life. People with purpose are making an investment in their life because your life, right, is what God has given you so we can fulfill our purpose. See, I want to stand before God for him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Now, let's just talk about success for a minute because true success for me is fulfilling my purpose, right? Because your purpose is planned, but you are planned for a purpose. But ultimately, success is going to be measured by God. And purpose is not measured by what you have done compared to what somebody else has done. Purpose is measured by what you have done compared to what you're supposed to do. Can I just tell you, I know you know this, but when you tuned in today, I am not Joyce Meyer, right? I am not a female. She's an incredible communicator. I love her, but I am not her, right? I know you know this, but I think it, it's, it needs to be said. Today when you tuned in, hello, I'm not T.D. Jakes, right? I, I'm not T.D. Jakes. One of the best communicators, I believe, of our generation. I'm not T.D. Jakes. Hello, I'm not Stephen Furtick. Yeah, I know this is an elevation. I'm sorry. Guess what it is? It's Phil Valdez. But here's what happens, right? Comparison can rob us of purpose because when I stand before God, God is not going to evaluate my success 
success based on what T.D. Jakes did or Stephen Furtick did. God's going to say, what did you do, Phil, with the gifts and the talents that I gave you? And here's what I'm doing. I'm fulfilling my purpose. So God's purposes, when they are fulfilled, bring fulfillment. They bring fulfillment in our lives. And here's number three. We're talking and we're dissecting how God thinks. God's thoughts are about restoration. Restoration. You know, God tells Jeremiah, I have thoughts of peace towards you. Peace in the Hebrew means, it means completeness, welfare. It means health, prosperity, and every kind of good. In other words, God was saying, listen, my thoughts towards you, I understand that my people are not where they need to be. They're not where they're supposed to be. But here's what I want. I want to restore them. Jeremiah 30, 17, God says, I will restore you to health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord. He knew that because of everything that was happening to them, it would take a toll on them. And I wonder how much of this quarantine, how much of this pandemic has taken a toll on you. You know, maybe you're just stumbling upon this video and you've lost a lot. I want to tell you that God wants to restore today. He wants to restore. These are his thoughts coming towards you, right? And uh, I just want to encourage you because a lot of times we, some of us like me, if you're like me, I had a horrible past, man. I messed up. I messed up a lot. But can I just encourage you to stop judging your future by your past, don't limit God. See, God wants to do more with your future than you have done with your past. Actually, God's plan is to outdo your past with a great future. You know, we set the title of this sermon series, My Faith, My Future. Why? Because faith is looking forward. Faith is focused forward. But can I tell you? what the Bible says about when we do look at our past. Psalms 23, 6 says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So I'm looking, right, with hope and faith to my future. But when you look back, right, after you ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins and you repent, when you look back, just know this, goodness and mercy are following you. God's goodness, and what do you mean, Phil? I totally wrecked my past. Well, in his goodness, God can turn around what you meant or the enemy meant for evil. God can turn around and work good. So when you look back, right, just know what's behind you. Goodness and mercy are following you all the days of your life. Can I ask you, what needs restoring in your life today? Is it your marriage? Maybe it's you. Maybe emotionally. Maybe it's physically. It's your health, right? Maybe for some of you watching today, it's your dignity. It's, it's your self-worth. But God wants you to know that He, in order to fulfill your purpose and what He created you for, He will restore you. It's not over yet. And here's what's most important about restoration is that God wants to first restore you to Himself, right? Why is that so important? Because if you don't know God, you won't know your purpose. You won't know your purpose. And so we have to come to God because our purpose can only be found in Him. And here's the last one for today. We're talking about how God thinks and dissecting His thoughts. Number four, God's thoughts 
are about communion. You know, Phil, how do I know God's purpose for my life? Well, there's a couple reasons, and I don't, I, there's a couple of ways, and I don't have time to go into all of them today, but I, I can tell you a couple. And number one is that you're going to have to have communion with God. You can't know your purpose out of knowing God. There's other ways. God has gifted you. There's things that you're naturally good at. This thing, you know, preaching and talking, I've had people come up to me and go, I don't know how you do that. I, you know, that's so scary to me. And I understand, but God has put in me the DNA to fulfill my purpose. And it's part of God's plan. So this is easy for me. It just comes natural to me, right? But first, we have to come back to the one who made us, right? Because he, you have to seek him. Why? Because he knows your purpose. And his purpose or let me say it this way, the plan he has is always going to go in line with his purpose. So I seek him because, listen, I don't want to make plans without God. I don't want to make plans without God. And here's what I have found, right? That when I make plans without God, man, I can become hopeless. You know, Job 8.11 says, those who forgot God have no hope in the living Bible. Those who have forgot God have no hope. Isn't that interesting where Jeremiah is saying, I want to give you a hope and a future. God is telling us through Jeremiah, but then Job tells us that if we forget about God, we don't have hope. And I want to remind you of God's thoughts towards you. Look at what communion looks like. And here's the last scripture for today. Are you glad that you're watching today? I hope you are. hope this is encouraging you. I want to remind you about purpose. Jeremiah 29, 11. Let's just read a couple more verses. For I know the thoughts, the plans that I have, and I think towards you, says the Lord, they're thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Verse 12. Then you will call on me and go and pray. This is communion. This is seeking him. And I will listen to you. And you will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back. Woo! I will restore you. Come on. I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations, from all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord. And I will bring you to the place from which I have caused you to be carried away captive. You know what's amazing is God saying because of his people straying and not being where they need to be, when there's communion and you seek me, I'm going to bring you back to purpose. And he says, you've been scattered all over the place, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to restore. I'm going to bring back because God's purposes are still standing in your life. Can I just tell you, if you're not dead, God's not done, right? I've been listening to that Elevation song, my testimony, and I just love that. You're alive for a reason. You're alive for a purpose, right? And can I just tell you, if you're a Christian here, you don't need to be running around trying to discover your purpose. Here's what you do. You just find a place where you can get alone with God, right? And you experience Him, commune with Him, and He'll make your purpose known. He'll make your purpose known. I want to encourage you today. God has a future for you. It's a great future. And He's already there. And the Bible says, right? He told Jeremiah, right? He told Jeremiah, he says, um, he says, I have formed you in the womb. In other words, I fashioned you for your future. 
And so you are fashioned for your future. But my church family, I want to encourage you. Your purpose is already planned. The end, God already knew from the beginning. And today, he's reminding you to be a person of purpose. We were made for this moment. Let's be the people of God. I want to pray with you this morning. Would you bow your heads for just a moment? Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for your people. Lord, I thank you for calling us into the kingdom for such a time as this moment. Lord, show us what you want us to do. Show us how we can be salt and light and help in this moment. People are looking for inspiration and hope, Father. And your word says, Father, that you are our hope inside of us, Father God, and that we, Lord, can bring hope to people. Just with every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment, maybe you're watching, somebody shared this, and you you just kind of clicked on, and you've just been kind of following along. I want to encourage you, if you've never asked Jesus to come inside your heart to do it today, if you've never asked him to forgive you of all of your sins today, He can make you new. You can be forgiven. Not because of what you did, but because of what Jesus did on the cross. He died to forgive you of your sin. And then he defeated death, hell, and the grave so we could be overcomers. And that when we take our last breath on earth, we can take it in heaven one day. When it is our time to go, we can stand before God in heaven. If you've never prayed that prayer, I want to lead you in that prayer. Would you pray this with me and just repeat and just say, Father God, come on, say it. Father God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. Father God, forgive me of all my sin. I turn away from sin, I repent. Jesus, come inside my heart. I confess you as my Lord and as my Savior. By the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm gonna live for you in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Listen, I'm so glad that you tuned in today. Listen, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us simply at info at passionlifechurch.com. And I just want to remind you again, as we're getting ready for our reopen and our live streaming, if you would, if you would like to be involved in that, just text live stream to 951-382-5757. That's live stream. 951-382-5757 and it'll prompt you and then you can just follow those prompts. Well, God bless you. I want to remind you, you're called into the kingdom for such a time as this. Don't forget about being a person of purpose. We love you. God bless you. See you next week. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.